Hello and welcome to the FDTV podcast. We are back with another episode of our weekly podcast and today we are going to discuss a lot of things. I am joined by my fellow co-host Jawad. Jawad, how are you doing today? I'm doing brilliantly fine. We are at episode number 4 if I'm not wrong and it's been a tremendous journey so far. We are really looking forward to giving you more exciting content ahead and this week was nothing but exciting. A lot of things to recap, a lot of things to go over. What are we starting off with today, Ali? Well, first of all, I need to ask you a question. Uh, two of the greatest legends of the beautiful game got knocked out. So, what <laughs> were your initial thoughts on that? So, amazing stat that I've got for you. It's been 16 years since we haven't had a quarterfinal of the Champions League without either Messi or Ronaldo. So, it's the first time it's going to happen, and I think the guard is about to change. The old guard's going out. the new generation is coming in there's a lot of thoughts that are in my head but before i get to that point who do you think is going to win the champions league now that both barcelona and juventus are not in this no messi no ronaldo wow um i mean it's if you're a sensible football fan and you want to stay unbiased and logical i don't think you should look past bayern munich uh, the team that they have and the kind of performances that we have seen throughout the season mm-hmm. thus far uh, i have to go with bayern munich because lewandowski is not stopping his beast mode anytime soon <laughs> and i think they they might get another treble who knows who knows who knows you're absolutely right and the key word was there in your sentence was lewandowski the guy just shoot like he shines he shines beyond any comprehensions and we at FDTV have been talking a lot about Haaland forgetting what Lewandowski is doing and he reminded us what he's capable of with that brilliant brilliant performance against Dortmund this weekend as well yeah so i want to start off by our first official question for the day and that mm-hmm. is we have seen uh, the first quarter final without messi and ronaldo for 16 years so the dominance yeah. is huge and the dominance has been very prolonged by these two gentlemen so do you think we will see them on the big stages again well i i don't think so here's my thought behind it when i say i don't think so my reasoning behind when i consider a big stage is the latter stages of champions league i know that both of the players are going to be present in the champions league but i don't think they have that impact that they were able to make before they're they're not simply not able to like keep that level up it's stupid to believe that they would be able to keep it up before past the age that they are at and both ronaldo and messi they are starting to show all of us that they are after all humans right uh, i i don't think their their time has passed completely but i don't think their level at the top is going to remain the same where they were and both messi and ronaldo though they've given us great memories i feel like it, it's about the time when we're coming near the end right well i have to disagree with you on that i think okay. uh, cristiano ronaldo he the versatility that he has shown throughout his later years i think he can still play for a club like you can say psg or uh-huh. i think he if he moves to psg or even if he stays at juventus and they bring in some players who can uh, you know upgrade Support their certain him. positions i think he can yeah. still perform at the highest level look at the goal scoring record that he has so far in this season almost nearing mm-hmm. 30 goals for this season and for messi mm-hmm. i would say the best move would be to go to man city 
and uh, without david silva uh, man city are lacking a certain player in that middle of the park where, which connects the midfield to attack i know they have de bruyne but i think messi in that team can ultimately fix the uh, problem they have with champions league football and he might be able to bring a ucl trophy at the etihad so what are your thoughts on my I, take? I absolutely i absolutely agree with you in that point that it would take a certain somebody to bring in and take him to the next level and i feel like the only place that both either of messi or ronaldo can win the champions league again is either at paris or at manchester with manchester city right i, I don't disagree with you over there but my point of view is i don't think either of if psg are stupid they are going to invest in messi but if they are smart they should not neither should city both people both players can give you at max a couple of years at the prime and that's about it and if you want to bring in and afford them like juventus did they kind of had a failed experience and failed experiment with ronaldo bringing him in the whole point was to win the champions league and look where we're at he had zero non-existent impact against the game with porto he was nowhere to be seen it was the chiesa show for juventus with ronaldo nowhere near at the top of his level no gone are the days where he was scoring hat tricks and single-handedly taking his outfit to the next round he's not able to do that and he needs a lot of support around him the support he's only going to get at psg or manchester city but i don't think either of those clubs are stupid enough to go for them at this point of their career right so i want to uh, add something to your statement i want to actually op- mm-hmm. oppose you when you bring in somebody uh, of a caliber of cristiano ronaldo I think you should have players in the team who are not brilliant but at least good enough to cover your main positions. Look at Juventus right now and the team that they fielded against Porto. Uh they are playing Juan Cuadrado at right back. No matter how many crosses he whips in from the right hand side, no matter how many how much work rate he puts in, he is not a right back. He is a right winger. So you don't have players for certain position should have played as a right wing back you're absolutely right and he probably was the bright spot at Juventus's performance this match right and of course Chiesa as well so Juventus had a lot of problems and you're absolutely right both Messi and Ronaldo they went out because of the team that was surrounding them right is i absolutely agree that Ronaldo didn't show up if he had showed up maybe who knows that Juventus would have gone through but it's not just his issue it's the entirety of the team that's around him when you have players who can change the game on his head then you can really rely on them but i feel like the days of changing the game on its head individually through messi or ronaldo are well past the guys need support though they are world class they need people at least a level below them aside them but i think the team that both barcelona and juventus fielded in this champions league was nowhere near nowhere near close to where they should have been and that's where the reason i think both ronaldo and messi at the top are done because i believe the only teams that they can really outshine and really perform is at manchester city and psg and i don't think either of them are going for them so uh, one more thing i would like to add this failure mm-hmm. with porto uh, for juventus i don't think ronaldo is to be blamed for that if ronaldo got injured mm-hmm. for the porto match uh Juventus mm-hmm. would should be good enough to uh, go ahead against a team like Porto and dominate completely. I, I agree. Yeah. So I think um, b- just because uh, they lost against teams which they're not uh, they usually don't lose, right? 
Messi got thrashed by PSG and Juventus out of all the teams in the competition got knocked out by Porto. So the whole vibe is absolutely against these two gentlemen. But I think if even if they were with a half decent manager and proper players on certain positions on the pitch, I think they would have progressed easily and we would be talking about singing praises for them instead of thrashing them. Yeah, the headlines are all stating that it's Ronaldo no-showing at the game because of that Juventus ended up going out. I do agree that Ronaldo was nowhere to be seen in the match, but I don't think he is to blame. He's not to blame for the entirety of the failure of Juventus. A lot of blame is to be on Andrea Pirlo, of course. I think not starting Weston McKinney was a huge mistake. And if he had started the game, I think the complexion of the overall game would have been a little bit different. There would have been more energy in the midfield, which he wasn't able to get. And I think Chiesa has been really shown to be what uh, he, he he was brought in to do. He actually came from a smaller team and really showed the Juventus mentality. And I think he's doing pretty good for himself. But where was Kuloseski, right? Morata missed a brilliant header, an open header that he, he would have given a lead and the game would have been entirely different. What a cross that was and he missed it for point blank going right to the keeper. If that was Ronaldo, that would have been going in. But that was my issue with Ronaldo. He was not in the positions that he should have been. And if since he wasn't in the position, he didn't score. And he didn't feel like showing up. And I feel like that's where Juventus ended up losing. A lot to do with Andrea Perlo and the way the team was set up, but a lot to also do with Ronaldo. Right. Well, I do hope that uh, we see these two gentlemen uh, on a good note, and I I want mm -hmm. I want the fairy tale of Ronaldo and Messi to end on a very positive note, and I want them to I go agree. out in flying colors. But enough of Messi and Ronaldo. Let's move on towards the next topic, and the big question that I have for you is uh, Manchester United versus AC Milan. Uh, Obviously, <laughs> our clubs locked on uh, last week. Uh, what do you think yeah. the game provided us? I think the uh, Zlatan personality that was missing in the match uh, declined mm -hmm. the charm of the whole event. But what is what is your take on it? Uh, I have a very interesting video coming out about the whole Manchester United AC Milan. So stay tuned to our channel so you can have a look at that. It's going to be a brilliant insight into what the really teams, what the teams were, and what they are right now. Gone, gone are the glory days, gone are the times when we were playing in Champions League. The last time we played, I think it was the last round of 16s in, in back in 2010 when United absolutely thrashed AC Milan 4-0, right? So that, that was the last remembrance I have. I even got in touch with one of my friends from the UK who's a born do and die United supporter and he said, hey, how sad is it to see them playing in the Europa League compared to where they were in the Champions League? But they gave us what we were expecting. The game was very high tempo. I liked that both of the teams were trying to go at it. And AC Milan, they weren't backing down. They played at the Old Trafford and they took the game to Manchester United. I think they dominated the first half completely and United did, simply didn't have any answers for them. But Solskjaer, after the first, first half was over, made the changes necessary and really took the game to AC Milan. I think it was a tale of two halves and it really showed. Milan absolutely dominated with the first two goals being disallowed. Rightly so, the first one, was it was clearly offside. Leao was about a yard offside almost, right? so that was clear. But the second goal, which was disallowed, Kessie's brilliant volley, I think that where, that's where injustice happened. I, any angle that I saw that from, it was not a handball. It was never a handball. 
And I think that was a robbery at the Old Trafford, Kessie not getting that beautiful goal. But it is what it is. Uh, Milan kept on pushing, tried to get, get another goal. But I think Leao went quiet after that. And it was just a game for McTominay to dominate. Uh, a lot of the time, he saw a lot of the ball and he was doing pretty good with it. And Leao uh, often ended up going to the wide left and he wasn't having any pleasure against the United defense. He tried to run past the defenders a couple of times, but wasn't able to do so. And that's where the game really changed. Solskjaer took that, all of the, all of those, and made the changes necessary. Bruno Fernandes with that brilliant, brilliant over-the-head chip, and that ball dipping right into a brilliant Ahmad. The first goal for him in the European stage, putting his name against few of the best to have ever scored against AC Milan. Joining the likes of Wayne Rooney, Ronaldo, the legends of the game, Ahmad really put himself on the map. And I think United had a brilliant performance in the second half, but it was an enjoyable watch. What do you think? Uh, was a draw a good result or was the draw not fair on United? Well, uh, I was kind of disappointed by the match. Mm -hmm. It wasn't... Both of the teams didn't have uh, fully fit squads for the occasion. And uh, it was hampered by the absence of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Apart from that, mm -hmm. I think Alex Telles for Manchester United was caught off guard a lot of times. And uh, Frank, Kess whatever uh, that beast you have in midfield, Kessier, what a Frank player Kessier. he is. Kessier. Absolute monster. Uh, dominated in the midfield and the performance that he puts in is legendary. Uh, he's one of those players that you just love to have at your disposal because he gives, he covers every blade of the grass and just runs continuously. And what an engine that guy has. And after the match, in an interview, uh, he said that since footballers get paid a lot of money, so it's his duty and responsibility to cover every blade of the grass and work really hard. I think uh, AC Milan deservedly got a point. And uh, the only positive I would say for Manchester United was Diallo. And Martial, on the other hand, again, very disappointing. And I think he should be sold this summer. So that is my take on it. Uh, if the players are fit, United might run over AC Milan uh, in the return leg. So no, I absolutely agree with that with you at that point. Specifically about Kessier, the guy was a monster in the game. He absolutely dominated United's midfield, and I think that's where you guys lost out the game in the initial half. It was the, the way Kessier and even Mate, and he got, the guys are known from Torino and probably had the best performance he's ever had in a Milan shirt. So it was it was one of those nights where the squad players were really showing up for both United and for Milan, right? A youngster scoring the opening goal of the match in Ahmed. And then obviously, Kessier was a dominant field, like you said. And I've got a quote for you. I think this is back when he, uh, before he joined AC Milan, Kessier was asked if he would like to go to the Premier League. And guess what club he said he wanted to go to? He said that he would love to play for United one day, right? So what 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 a small world we live in. Playing against United, really dominating, and he probably was the man of the match. Uh, apart from Bruno Fernandes, the guy is a beast in himself. He the ball that he put into the box, it was a brilliant, brilliant ball. I think a deft touch that he put on there, it was a, an awesome thing to watch. And obviously Fernandes was nowhere to be seen. He was kept quiet in the initial half, but he really showed up in the second. And you're absolutely right. Kia's header should have been saved by Henderson. It went through his gloves and uh, no excuse for the goalkeeper though. Uh, I feel like on a better day, that's most of the time, nine out of 10 times, it's saved. 
but it wasn't one of those nine out of ten times. It was the one where Kia ended up getting the equalizer, deservedly so, I think. And the match, and it's a perfectly balanced for the next leg, the return leg at San Siro, with everything is played for. I think what your point is, Lavtown would be back for that game, and what a return that would be! What a return that would be! And what a game we have on our hand with Milan taking a slight away goal advantage to the next leg. Yeah. So, what are your predictions uh, before we close this topic? I want to ask, what are your predictions for the return leg? I think the away goal is really going to be beneficial for AC Milan and the pressure is going to be on United to really push because I feel like if they had nicked the 1-0 advantage, they would have gone into San Siro and really would have asked AC Milan to attack them, right? But that's not going to be the case because of the away goal, United are going to have to play when they come to San Siro and we'll have a fully fit squad with Theo Hernandez being back and obviously we would have uh, someone alongside of Kessie possibly Tonali playing in there as well. And with that healthy midfield up, and I think the double pivot will do the job. Where I was, I was thinking United are going to go through. I have a feeling that Milan might nick this one and might go away with the winner. 2-1 is my prediction to Milan, with United getting a goal as a consolation late on. But I think United, United will be dominated in the early half of the game and AC Milan will go through the next round. What do you think? Uh, I think the exact opposite. I think United would thrash AC Milan. And I have very solid reasons for that. Um, I think uh, Luke Shaw would be back and uh, mm-hmm. Rashford, most importantly. I think he can mm-hmm. get the better of uh, Simon Kier and Romagnoli, Romagnoli if he plays. And I think uh, we can easily... I think Pioli made the brilliant decision of not playing Romagnoli. Obviously, uh, he pulled up before the game. So he couldn't play, but playing Timori was a stroke of genius. Even though he should have marked Ahmad a little bit better for the opening goal, the tackles that he was putting in, the pace that he was putting in, I think he would be able to keep up with Rashford. And that's the one ace that you guys have up your sleeve is Rashford. He's able to show up and if he's able to dominate the Milan defense, I think United stand a chance, more than a chance to be honest, because it is the pace what's going to beat Milan at the end of the day because of our slow defense. Timori is the key for us in down the middle. If Kier and Romagnoli play, both of them are very slow and United's pace up front would be uh, lethal for United if they end up going that route. Moving on, I want to ask you about a forgotten superstar. Um, the man who puts golf before football and <laughs> Wales before Madrid. I'm um, talking about uh-huh. Gareth Bale, the Welsh dragon. Uh, do you think he's coming back to his frightening best? I, I, I would think so. I would think so. The performances he's putting in for Jose Mourinho, specifically for the team that really made him what he is today. I think Gareth Bale is slowly getting back to his fighting best and he might be able to dominate Premier League once again. The performance he's putting in, the goals he's scoring, I think the start off was obviously slow and that's to do with not playing football in a long, long time and being on the golf course, like you said. I think his fitness level wasn't there, but Jose Mourinho is really putting the fitness level back in him. And I think if he keeps going like this, like I said last time, the front three of Tottenham are going to be frightening. You've got you got Son, you got Kane, and you got Bale now performing at their best along with their midfield. I think they got a pretty strong link-up play right now, and no one's been better than Song and Kane up front as the front two. You add in Bale in there, and I think it's a win-win situation. With Bale, again, the balls that he's providing, the assists that he's giving, the goals that he's scoring, I think he's going to be slowly back to his best. And I, I really wish that he is with the world of football slowly losing 
is superstars, it's good to see one of the superstars being back to his best. I absolutely love Gareth Bale. And apart from his injury troubles, I think he, at certain time in his career, he was one of the best players in the world of football. And I want that Bale to return. But I want to ask you something. Uh, since he is on a loan from uh, Real Madrid, do you think Tottenham mm -hmm. should make his stay permanent or uh, can he go back to Madrid and work again under Zidane? I don't see him going back to Madrid. I, I don't think the return to Madrid is plausible. Specifically, with the talent that Madrid's got now, they really should be going for someone better than Bale. When I say better, I mean a younger person, someone with a slightly different profile than what Bale was bringing. Now, Bale is the perfect candidate for Tottenham if they really want to finish top four. He's got that winning mentality because you mentioned you want the Bale back. Keep in mind, Bale has been one of the most prolific scorer for Real Madrid in big games. He's shown up where it's mattered the most. He's scored the Champions League finals goals. He's been there when it's mattered. And I think Tottenham need that. And because of the love life and the love affair that he's got with Tottenham Hotspur, I don't see him going anywhere else. I feel like the uh, spell is going to be turned into a permanent move. And I think he stays and I think he makes Tottenham finish top four. That's my prediction. Top four is going to be City, United, then Leicester City and then of course Tottenham finishing at fourth. All right, so that wraps up another episode of FDTV Podcasts. It's been a brilliant week of Champions League football, of Europa League football and even league football being at the best. Uh, I've been your host Jawad alongside with my co-host Ali. FDTV out. <laughs>